Before we get to the episode, we want you, dear listener, to ask yourself a question. What have you done these past two years? You know, the pandemic hit us all really hard. What have you really done other than perfect that matzo ball soup recipe of yours? Nothing. Now, we all want to add purpose and meaning to our life, and we just, we have the way to really, really make your dreams come true. If you're listening, you're likely interested in Israel with hopes of traveling here soon. Well, lucky for you, we've got the scoop on Masai's real journey. With an amazing range of life-changing opportunities in Israel, Masai has many, many programs. They've got gap year programs, academics, internships, volunteering, and careers. The pandemic didn't stop them either, promoting options to study remotely while living in Israel. You don't have to be fluent in Hebrew or break your bank account. They even supply partial funding so you can make a positive impact on the world. You can fuel your passion and you can make your travel dreams a reality. Go to MasaIsrael.org and find out more. This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. In collaboration with Australian Jewish News, check them out at ajn.timesofisrael.com. Also in collaboration with Arutz Sheva, IsraelNationalNews.com. On August 6, 1984, Corporal Moshe Tamam, who was 19 years old, took a bus ride from the northern city of Tiberia to Tel Aviv. Moshe was on vacation from his military service, where he served as an instructor of heavy-duty vehicle drivers. He was accompanying his girlfriend to her home in Tiberia that day, but on his way back he was kidnapped and brutally murdered by four Arab-Israeli terrorists. A year and a half later, uh, the four terrorists were captured, tried, and put in jail. But this was not the end of the story, it was only the beginning. In Israeli jail, the terrorists enjoyed a high standard of living, which included relative uh, autonomy inside the jail, use of cell phones, the ability to study a degree, and more. A few months ago, one of the murderers, Rushdi Abu Moch, who was set free after the 35th year uh, sentence ended. He was accepted with celebrations in the Israeli Arab town of Bak al-Garabia. Moshe Tamam's family was outraged. Today we're honored uh, to have Moshe Tamam's nephew, Dr. Ortal Tamam. Ortal is a medical doctor and towards the end of her PhD researching genetics of preterm birth. She's a Gates Award laureate and a prominent spokesperson of the families of terror victims in Israel who are constantly fighting against the lack of justice against the murderers of their loved ones. Hello, Tal. Hey, thank, thank you. you for coming. Thank Guys, you for having me. today it's only me. Eitan is in America, probably catching Omicron as we speak. <laughs> um, yeah, so where, where, where do we start from? Like, so you were born to the grief, yep. essentially, right? How, how did it feel like growing up? Honestly, I don't know anything else. Um, we grew up, I would say, not really um, thinking about how much we're angry about the murders and how 
it's unjust, but mostly focused on remembering my uncle and cherishing his memory and trying to build a good life uh, for our family um, and to be good leaders to Israel. What what can you tell us about your uncle? So he was uh, your father's brother? Yeah, he's my father's brother. Um, so I only know him from stories. Yes. Um, since I was, since I remember myself, um, we would go every Friday with my dad uh, to the cemetery. Um, and he would tell us about how he was as a kid, how he was a charmer and everyone loved him. Your dad is the big brother or the yes. little brother? My my dad is the oldest. Okay. Um, I, um, there are uh, six uh, siblings. Mm-hmm. And he would say how much he loved animals. He loved horses. So my family is from Chavatzalat Sharon, which is a city, a, a little town um, a bit north of Netanya. Um, and he would play with the horses all the time. And... Because it's such a small town, everyone will be friends with everyone. So I would just grow up learning about his like charming personality, his funny personality, his beautiful pictures. And at some point, you keep hearing the same stories and see the p- same pictures. And I think that's the moment when you realize um, that you're not going to have any more. stories and you're not going to have any more pictures um, and, and, and that moment is pretty upsetting and you got to know uh, your grandparents your father's parents yeah they're still alive and well yeah so they like grieving p- grandparents that's a very hard burden for them but I guess only f- also for you growing up and right yeah um I keep hearing, so I think that both of them they just grief very differently um and I kept hearing for many many years how they were so different before than they are today um my grandmother, for example, it really influences her every single day and every single moment. Um, she lived the grief for many 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 years until today um and from and that that's all I know of her right um and my grandfather on the other hand he he at some at, at some point he stopped going to the cemetery um and stopped going to any of the ceremonies when he saw um They had to change the stone in the grave, and he saw one of the stones just laying on the floor and at that point he realized that i mean I did not realize but thought that um maybe this type of memory is not as significant for him um so they they both di- digest it very very differently mm-hmm. uh but it's definitely something that shaped our family. And something that shaped our family not only for my dad and his siblings and my grandparents but also for us for all of the um nieces and nephews as well 
Is there anything else to tell about what happened to him or was the intro? Yeah, I would just add that to me, the thing when, when I started driving, um, he was kidnapped from an intersection that is about seven minutes away from my grandparents. Right. And when I started driving and I started driving through this intersection all the time, I realized how close it is. And I think it changed something also in my point of view um, to realize that many times when you hear, when we hear those stories, we think that it's something that happened like far, far away. And then you realize that it happens like right next to your home. And that those four Arab Israelis that kidnapped him They live seven minutes away from my grandparents. They live seven minutes away from us. Um, so to me, it was um, a moment where I realized that the terror is not just a story far away, but it's something that is very close to us. And all of us, um, sadly, are potential victims. So how did you start the path of... fighting or because you could have just as easily just live your life pursuing your medical career instead you chose to be more outspoken how did this come to be what was the trigger um so i think there are two answers to the, this question the first one is that i didn't really choose um i was brought and taught uh, throughout my entire childhood that i need to be active in society that I need to that this is my home Israel is my home many generations fought um, to to create this home for us and I need to be active in shaping it to being the place that I want to live for myself for my family for the people I love and for for the Jewish people and that's why I appreciate people who are activists and trying even if I don't agree with what they're saying um, so 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 the I would that's the first part to 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 my answer and the second part will be that when I was in my second year of medical school uh, it was during finals final exams um, the government wanted to release a um, terrorist as a they call it as a, a they call it a nice wheel gesture mm-hmm something to to a nice well gesture to the PA mm-hmm. and uh, the Americans were the ones to ask for this nice well gesture that's the Obama years yes yes and I think that even using these words was something that made me so uncomfortable I felt as and it's true that the four at least few of the four murderers that were in in the group who murdered my uncle were supposed to be in the fourth release but it wasn't even that it was that it drove me insane that you can I want to to live peacefully peacefully with my neighbors that's that's a goal of mine and I would hope that at some point we'll be we'll enjoy um, living in close relations with our neighbors but you It just doesn't make sense to me that in order to promote peace we need to release murderers 
Um, to me, it feels like if we want to protect our women and our children, we will release a, a rapist or pedophiles. And I think this this was like the moment where I realized that if we're not going to do anything, then this equation of if if you want to to make peace, you need to promote terror against us, and that will promote even more terror attacks in the future. Um, I wanted to 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 break this equation, um, so this release was. Uh, in four batches so after the after the first one uh, <laughs> I went by myself with two of my fr- I mean almost by myself with two of my friends and with like four plastic chairs and we sat right outside of the prime minister's house in Jerusalem and slowly but surely it became a very big event and many people came and we would just sit there and wait for people to come over and talk to them and I realized that we have a lot of support um, and we have a lot of support from the right wing left wing many people that are just normal people that want to live here peacefully and and mostly want to live here and so I think that was the first time I actually went out and did something. And did it help? Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, the fourth release, um, after the second release, um, it really brought it into the general attention uh, in Israel. And it was all over the news, uh, which didn't happen before uh, Before this. Um and yeah, they canceled the fourth release. Um, and I went to um, Bagatz. Yeah, the Supreme Court. To, to the Supreme Court, thank you. I went to the th- Supreme Court. And it really, I mean, it was something that before that um, just happened. And when we did something and ab- about it, and of course I'm not taking um, all the credit because many, many, many people joined us Um yeah, it made a difference. And it didn't surprise me that it made a difference. Sometimes all you need to do is just to do something. Right. Many people just, they agree with you, they want to support, but they just don't have the ability or the time or the means to just go and do something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need to be that person. So so just to clarify, so the, the fourth batch never happened. Right. Because right. the Supreme Court stopped no, it? No, or no. BB the, no, the Supreme just, Court didn't stop it. Um, they said that they're not. Yeah, Yeah. of course. Um, How convenient. <laughs> actually, that was an experience by itself to be in the Supreme Court and to see um, um, Amy Palmore, which was from the Israeli Justice uh, office. She was the CEO of the justice, of the justice Ministry of Justice. M- Ministry of Justice, exactly. Yeah. Um, so to see her actually, so they had um, different types of uh, criteria on which to, to, to base their release on. And to see her, the representative of the Israeli uh, uh, ministry, 
convincing the judges to make the list even longer and to have even more people, uh, uh, even more terrorists on this list, right. to me was an eye-opening experience because at that point I realized that the government is not the one to support us. They want to do what's comfortable for them, what's comfortable for the system. And if we want as people, as country, uh, to protect our values and to protect our core um, uh, principles, right. we have to act for ourselves. But just to, to clarify, correct me if I'm wrong, but Amy Palmore being the CEO, being a clerk, she, she just, it's her job to do whatever the minister tells her to do. Right, but at this specific point, Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, I think that if we're looking at reality, we see that those clerks have much more power than they should have usually. Um, and at this specific point, she was doing her clerk job, but saying that based on that, we should include more terrorists in mm-hmm. the list, um, which as easily could have not done that, right? Um, well, anyway, yeah. Uh, it brought the ma- the issue to the general attention. Yeah. Um, and then Bennett um, said that he won't agree to that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me to say that he did something right, but he did back then. Oh, we'll get back to Bennett <laughs> later. Back then. Um, and, and thanks to that, um, they stopped the fourth release. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what do what can you tell us about the murderers? Who are they? Well, so again, I'll split my answer to the, f- the first part is I don't care. Um, I never and even in and, and if you want, I'll elaborate it on later, even during Almidan times when we fought against um, um, governmental support in my uncle's murder um, play. I didn't care about him. I don't care about what they do, how successful they are. I don't care. I care about my family. I care about my country. And and I care about the future, about helping the people of my country to not be hurt by terror again, to prevent the next family that will have to years and years later feel the same way that my family feels so that's the first part yeah the reason i'm asking just yeah. to, to to clarify maybe to the audience is because you always hear apartheid um you know the the occupation and stuff like that but those were israeli citizens right with all right. the rights with all the privileges equal to you and me voting etc and this is why right. basically i'm asking right Thank you, yes. So the second part um, will be that my uncle's murderers, all of them are from Bakar Garbia, which again is just a few minutes away from where we, li- we live. It's not just in Israel, it's just in the center of the country. Uh, we go grocery shopping in the same stores. Um, they live very, very close to us. Um, my grandfather used to live in constructions, so they had mutual to work yes yeah, yeah. Um, and they had mutual friends with them mm-hmm. with the murderers um, this is also the reason that my uncle back then uh, recognized the area mm-hmm. and which made them 
make the make the decision the, the decision to uh, to murder him. Um, yeah, they lived with equal rights, and because they are Arab Israelis, and because they decided to murder an Israeli soldier, who is a symbol to our country they became heroes in the Arab society, not not all of it, of course, but in some of it and in the Palestinian society. Um, they became a symbol of going against Israel from within. Mm-hmm. So you have squares named after them, streets, schools, yes, yes. Uh, synagogue, uh, I mean, <laughs> churches. Or yeah, I mean, you have squares made for them. Um, they teach above them in school. Mm-hmm. Um, the Palestinian textbooks, basically. Right. right. And sadly, as we saw just not too long ago, when Rushdi Abu Mukh, one of the murderers, got released, it's not just uh, in the PA. It's also right here. Mm-hmm. They had big celebrations for them. Um, MKs from our Israeli MKs when they're to greet them as heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that, you know, if we're not going to make the decision to change this equation, it's just going to keep happening because those kids that live in the center of Israel and they see a soldier's murderer get accepted by the MK as a hero, what else are they going to learn? Right. What... Do, do, do they even have another option of learning anything else? All they know is if you want to be a hero, you need to murder. If you want to be a hero, you need to be a terrorist. If you want to be a hero, you need yeah. to hate the government. You need to hate uh, uh, the soldiers. You need to hurt the Israeli uh, uh, society. So we're just building the next generation. So it's not about revenge. I don't need to revenge anything. I... I Living a good life is a good enough revenge. Um, and living in... A, and you live next Jewish, to Rothschild, so yes, it's a good life. Yes, I do live a good <laughs> life, thank God. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's really, it's about preventing the next families. For me, that's my perspective of it. Which obviously we fail at, as we've seen yep. just recently. Yep. Um, so can you tell us, you mentioned El Midian. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so about six years ago, I got a phone call telling me um, about a play uh, in Al-Midan Theater in Haifa. Um, the play was written by um, Walidaka, which was the head of the terror group and the one who decided to murder my uncle. Um, so you have Shakespeare... <laughs> Brecht yeah. and uh, Dhaka. Yep, exactly. Basically. Exactly. Um, and apparently that play was funded by the Israeli government. Now, I just want to make a little note before I continue with the story. As I told you, this group became like heroes to um, in the Palestinian society, in the BDS movement. Um, so... They already wrote books before. Dhaka wrote books. Dhaka did, I mean, 
again, we're not talking about um, high-end uh, writing, right? Very um, yeah, imbe- embarrassing to, to read, but it, let's just say that the standards are very low. Um, we didn't care about it. And even with the play, we also didn't care about it. When I say didn't care, obviously I don't mean that it doesn't hurt to see, because it does. It hurts to see that we don't have any more memories of my uncle, but his mothers are prospering and writing and having kids. But the thing that was different about this situation was that the government, the Israeli government, was funding the theater and was funding this play. The theater is called El, El Midian? Yes, the theater is called El Midian. Uh, In Haifa? Yes. Um, what do you mean funding the... Pl- they, they didn't... Fu- they di- it's because I, I studied film. In yeah. film, the government also funds the writer right. as he writes. So right. this is not the case. It's not like they paid him to write the play. Right. Once the play was written, uh, the theater... Right, so at least as far as I know, and at this point I think I have a pretty wide knowledge, um, uh, in, in Israel the way they fund theater is that they fund it by the amount of plays. Mm. Um, so that's how they are able... The theater is allocating the money, uh, but they're p- uh, paying the theater itself based on the amount of um, uh, plays, original plays and bought plays, etc. Okay, how much, mo- like, do you know how much money was invested in this theater overall? Yeah, it was millions. It was one of the most uh, funded small theaters in Israel. Mm-hmm. And the reason for it was that originally uh, they started this theater to have Arab uh, uh, Israeli theater in, in, in Haifa. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was actually right. So it was actually an Israeli uh, uh, initiative to have it originally. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, a place that um, sh- shows a place that's written by soldiers, murderers, is not a very coexisting. So obviously, it took a, the wrong turn. Um, it's their narrative, after all gotta respect their narrative yeah you know i don't care about anyone's narrative i just care about which narrative my government is paying for mm-hmm. um, and the funding is going through the ministry of culture right also the municipality funded uh, the theater yes so the ministry of culture and the municipality um back then i was naive and <laughs> i thought <laughs> and i thought um well I just need to tell the government that that's what happens and they'll just stop funding it because obviously no one wants to fund a soldier's murder and his play. And the other very, very naive thing that I thought is it was Friday afternoon when I was told that story and it was Saturday evening, the premiere. Um, So I just thought that if I'll just go there and tell them, the people that come to see the play, I'll just tell them who wrote the play about his life in jail and what he did to be in jail. They'll just leave. The audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, I went to the theater and, and I told them 
and I was called a murderer. Mm-hmm. And I was a paramedic in the army. When they heard that, they said that I'm serving whatever. The, the occupation. Uh, op- yes. Yeah. It's and a mixed audience, I guess, of, of Jews and, and Arabs yes, who came to yes, the play. Yes, it was a mixed audience. Let's just say that um, the Jews there um, are faces that are familiar, meaning... It's always the same people supporting the BDS, calling right. Israel an apartheid state. It's always yeah. the same very small group of people. Yeah, in the ghetto, they would have been the couples, <laughs> probably. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, what I thought would be like a week or two of bringing awareness became a five-year journey. Um if you want, I'll get into details, but at the end of this journey that was very, very, very long and very tough and very stressful. And let's dive, let's dive a little bit. Okay. In yeah, let's do it. Because I think it's important. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So you went to the premiere, you right. demonstrated and nothing happened. Okay. Well, so no, it's not that nothing happened. A lot it happened. It was press. Two things happened. One is that I realized that those people are not people that I have any mutual uh, um, language or communication with. Those people who support and appreciate my uncle's mother are um, rude enough to, to call me a mother, are rude enough to, to, to laugh at me in my face and to tell me... Um, Oh, just keep barking. That's what one of the the people there said. That we should just keep barking and they're they're just gonna keep supporting him. So I realized that those people are not people I can talk to. And the th- second thing that happened is that it brought the issue into awareness and we got an enormous amount of support, enormous. So right wing, left wing. I got, I think one of the most, I mean, to me, it wasn't very surprising. I I was brought up in a very liberal uh, high school, um, very mixed Arab-Israeli um, high school in Jerusalem. So to me, it wasn't very, very surprising, but looking at a bigger picture, it was, I got, a very big support from Arabs from Haifa. Um, and going being specific, I got a pretty big support from artists in Haifa that told me that um, Al-Midan wouldn't accept them uh, uh, to perform there because they're not anti-Israeli. Um, so to me, that was stunning. That was stunning to see like how our government supports supports it right if it was a pri- to me if it was a private theater with private right. money i mean we live in a democracy what can you do it's but the fact that, yeah. that that the the go- our taxpayers money is going to that it's just despicable right and i i would say that it's not even about the democracy part it's what can i expect the people who support the murder of my uncle mm-hmm. to 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 have a play. I mean, 
that's the least of my worries from these people, right? right? I mean, they think that murdering my uncle, who did nothing to them, they think that the person who did it is a hero. So writing a book, making a play, that's the least of my worries, right? So I, I have no expectations from my enemies. I have expectations for my government. I have expectations for my people. Um, so I think that's, that's, that, that was the main part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got enormous support. Um, and from that support, um, um, two things happened. The first one is that the minister of um, uh, culture, Miri Regev, uh, said that they're not going to get any more funding. And also the city of Haifa said that they're going to pause their funding until um, they're going to further investigate. And then we started basically two different uh, fights at the same time. One was with the Minister of uh, um, Culture and the other one with the Haifa Ministry. Um, Both of them went on very different directions. Um, On Haifa, we realized that... You'll tell me if I'm going into too too many details. Okay. If you can, go to the the details. I think it's interesting. Um, So in Haifa... Um, the mayor was Yahav. Yes. He was a very... In Israel, you don't have a term uh, limit uh, to mayors. He was, I think, 10 years already yeah. a mayor. M- many, very many powerful many mayor. Very powerful mayor. So during city council, I came to speak during city council. Mm-hmm. They all hugged me. They all kissed me. He came over to me and said, I promise you they would not get a penny. Um, they did a vote. And they voted against it. And then um, Al-Midan appealed against the decision. Uh, And there was supposed to be a very small court um, uh, discussion about it. And it was supposed to be only a formality. What happened was that I I came to court. Back then I was living in Be'er Sheva. So to me to get from Be'er Sheva to Haifa was an investment. But I wanted to be there and to make sure that everything is right um, so I got over there and what I found out was that the mayor sent um, the main lawyer of um, of the city um, to argue that they agree with Almidan and that Almidan will get all the money so basically what happened was and, and the other thing when, when I when I was in court and I asked to speak with the judge and I said, you know, they can't just do that because the city council agreed on something. Uh, I found out that they, the mayor made sure that it's not going to be on record. Um, so basically what happened, Haifa is a very complex city. Um, and the mayor has to be okay with everyone. Um, and apparently even when it, it goes against his values and most people's values. Um, because he needs to pass a, badge, a budget right. in the council. Right. And in Haifa, you ha- in, in, in the cities in Israel, you have a council with parties and there's the Arab party in the council of Haifa. And you need their vote to pass the budget. And it, as a mayor, if you don't pass the budget, 
you get uh, you get fired by the minister of internals right basically right, right exactly so basically what he did was a PR stand on us to get all the support from us and then just send someone else stabbed you in the back right <laughs> so that was a very ve- first of all it was very upsetting I'm, I'm talking about a few days before he was hugging me and telling me how much like he, all, all those promises but moreover it was it was so dirty it was so you got a lesson though a yes. very valuable lesson in well politics he got a lesson as well <laughs> I would say okay because um, from that point on um, I realized that if that I need to let's say take off my gloves and 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 do the hard work and what I did was to be in contact with every in personal contact with every single person from the council and not just right before the votes but all the time to send them information um, to build the cases against the theater and I'll just say maybe one sentence about it so obviously as a doctor when I see a symptom I know that it's just a symptom it's very rare that you'll see a symptom with nothing uh, um, else that comes with it when you hear of a theater that um, supports a soldier's murder you know that this is not the only thing that they do um, and starting that point what we did me and my good friend is to start digging into their history into all the events they did into all the money they moved from place to place and we found out that they do terror support proper terror support um, under the name of a theater they mm-hmm. barely do theater they barely do art what they do they funnel the funds <laughs> when I say funnel the funds I'll just give you an example of one of those things so for example one of the events they did was um, a fundraiser for terrorists so they would have an event under the headline peace yes. to, to everyone oh no no peace no, in the middle no, east no 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 oh. no 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 i'll they were so confident that nothing will happen to them and they were right because for many many years nothing happened to them they would not even hide anything uh-huh. they would not even hide anything so they did a fundraiser for murderers in the <laughs> in the israeli jail mm-hmm. and then took the money from people and and transferred it to those murderers and to, to when their jail accounts yes basically. and 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 this is they are criminals right yeah. i mean this is not it doesn't pass any so it's not just about our values and our principle this is about the law mm-hmm. this is funding terror they can they should have gone to jail about it Uh, The other thing that they would do is, well, I'm not even talking about all the BDS events they did. They didn't care about taking the Israeli government's money for the events, but they did a BDS movement events. 
um, they did different events um, to see how we can stop Israel from being a Jewish country. Um, they brought um, um, a, spy, a, 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 a spy from Syria. <laughs> it sounds like uh, you know. I mean, yeah, it sounds like, like I'm joke, making it. It sounds like yeah. I'm making it up. I would not believe myself if I wouldn't see it myself. Um, and then they told the police that, oh no, 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 he's not a spy. He's a poet. Mm. Yeah. So the police said, okay, it's a poet. Um, so <laughs> I would for for months and months and months we would build this all these cases against them and I would bring it to the Minister of Culture I brought it to uh, um, the City Council to all the different parts of the City Council um, we brought it to the police we brought it to, to the Minister of Justice and mm -hmm. um, so the police also opened an investigation against them um, and also part of the Minister of Justice uh, there is a part that gives the permission to different uh, NGOs to receive money from the government. Um, basically saying... Uh, um, it's tax, all kinds of tax. Uh, so it's not it's tax, but it's not just tax. In order to uh, receive money from the government, you need certain approvals. Yeah, certificates. And certificates, and those certificates says that you're acting in good faith and you're acting mm -hmm. according to what you're supposed to. So we started a very long process in those channels. Um, and Did you get support because Miri Regev is from the Likud, it's a right-wing right. government, so, right-wing party? Right, so we also got a very big support from Miri Regev. Um, having said that, at some point, the theater um, threatened that they will sue um, the Minister of Culture for not for not um, properly stopping the funding, mm -hmm. um, and Miri didn't want this bad press, so she wanted to. I don't know if wanted, but she agreed to um, bring them back their money plus extra money um, for getting their feelings hurt. Compensation, yeah, Whatever. really. Yes. It's um, absurd. Well, I agree with you. Um, Did you talk to her about it? Yes, and I said, this is not happening. Um, now... You're standing in front of the minister and you, you're no, telling me Oh, no, me no, no, no. I'm standing in front of the minister and in front of 25 other people in the room. They all are saying that we should just take it, take the deal. And I'm saying, if you'll take the deal... I'm gonna build a tent right outside of your house and I'm gonna protest and everyone will join me. So this is not happening. Um, I think that that's like the benefit of um, acting based on your values and really with no other um, I don't need anything from them, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I, they work for us. They work for the people. And they need to represent us and our values. 
And, you know, if the majority of the people in Israel would disagree with me, that's one thing. But I know that, at least in this matter, I represent the majority and the big majority. Um, so, yeah, I, I stood there and, and it was a, a very um, um, important mor- moment for me. Um, it's not nice to see all these people go against you, people that are supposed to be on your side. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very glad we did it. And then um, Regev took me aside and asked me what's going to happen if we're going to go to the Supreme Court. I said, well, I'll win the Supreme Court. I knew at this point, I knew what type of material we have. I knew how strong uh, the things that we found against them. And Even I, though the Supreme Court judges are not on your side, they'll have no choice, basically. Right, right. And then I told her what I think every politician likes to hear. Well, and if the Supreme Court won't agree with me, you can just blame it on the Supreme Court, right? But, you, but if you will be the one making this decision, I'll make sure that everyone will know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they canceled the decision. And as expected, Almidan took the best lawyers and that the Europeans paid for, of course. Um, and we went to the Supreme Court. And before the Supreme Court, we spent endless amount of hours building the cases, sending it to um, the Minister of Culture, which could they could have just disregarded everything we, we showed there. Mm-hmm. But uh, luckily, they read it and, and, and used it. Um, and we won and we won and no one thought we're gonna win uh, besides like very few of us Uh, but we won and they took all the even before you won in in the Supreme Court they took all the certificates from them allowing them to get any funding Um, but winning in the Supreme Court was sweet very sweet and very you know hopeful very hopeful showing that you can really make a difference and they were i'm talking about five years even more than five years of constant it's constant, a full-time job yes yes it was a full-time job in addition to my medical studies and in addition to my phd and it was exhausting, um, but very hopeful. And what happened? So the theater... They closed. So it doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. Amazing. Yeah. And just a side note, the Europeans funded it too, the theater. Uh, right, but not the majority of the funding was from the Israeli government right. and uh, from Haifa. Uh, what the, the Europeans usually funded are events. So mm-hmm. the BDS movement, uh, events, or and different types of events. Right, yes. right, right. That's, that's amazing. So how do you see, we're jumping to yeah. the present days. <laughs> yeah. uh, we don't have much time. Um, what, do you, what do you think about this government now? <sighs> I think it's terrible. I think I, I, I voted for Bennett. Uh, I 
I was proposed by him to run with him. Um, but I'm not a politician. Um, I love what I do. Um, but I was a very big supporter of him. And I think that, that what this government did um, putting terror supporters, proper terror supporters as part of our government, it's not even a red line. It's way behind the red line. Um, we showed just a um, few weeks ago that the, the main, our party in the government um, um, started very conveniently uh, a moment after um, they signed the agreements, they started a new organization that pr that is linked to a, an existing organization that support terror families. In Gaza. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. They support their families of, of the murderers, mm -hmm. meaning the money, we showed that the money that they asked for is allocated to go into those organizations and the Israeli government's money is going to support terrorism. So I, I think, you know, I had a lot of criticism about the previous government. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm loyal to my values, but I'm not loyal to any person and uh, uh, to any politician. Um, and I think that if we just look at the situation clearly, this is insane. This is insane. And I, I hope this government won't last for a long time. Did, did you write Bennett after? Yeah. So during the four different elections building this government on the on the first one or the second one when he didn't uh, pass pass it was the first one yeah i was literally physically with him counting notes to help him pass right counting the ballots because basically he needed yeah. like 100 200 ballots yeah. uh more to uh, pass the threshold and he lacked them and eventually he didn't. Uh, he did. He tried to recount. Right. So I was with one volunteers. Of, yes, yeah. one of the people right next to him counting the the votes, um, and and we were in close uh, relationship for sure, um, and I felt very comfortable contacting him, and Ayala Chaket as well. Um, at some point when I wrote to him and I said, you know, like we can we can do it differently. Let's talk, let's think of how we want to build it. I'll, I, I can help you, we can help you. Um, he got other uh, families of terror victims uh, to support him. The Hajjaj family. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, they mainly- We're talking about this round now, yes. the fourth round. Well, he got our also support. Also before. He got our support yeah. even before, but, yeah, but during this round, they started the entire campaign for him mm -hmm. in one of the biggest cities in Israel. And- So he used the families of the victims. Yes, yes. And you know, I hate saying that because I, 
to me, I didn't support Bennett, okay? Just to, just to be clear, I didn't support him as a person. I appreciated him for sure, but I didn't support him because he was nice to me or something. I supported his party because I knew that they were going to serve our agendas fighting terror. And my goal and my primary goal is to prevent the next families, to create a reality where terror is uh, um, not worth it. Um, so yeah, yeah, he, he used us. And right after the elections and before the government was signed, um, we, we spoke quite often and I offered my help. And he was using that as well. He told me, I promise you we will not do it. Um, and we're talking about what we know now, like days before they signed. Um, and during May, if you remember, like during the... The war. Uh, yeah. Um, they promised that nothing will happen. And they asked me to write about it, which again, I... I didn't write about it because they asked me to, but because I thought that's the right decision, which apparently was again a PR stunt just to stall and get some more time. And right now, um, they blocked the Hajjaj family on Twitter and everywhere because they, they don't like to be criticized. Right. Um, so yeah. So what did you write him afterwards? After the betrayal? Um, I wrote to him um, that we're very disappointed, that we feel used, that we could have helped him build a Zionist government and be part of it and be a substantial part of it mm -hmm. um, because there is a solution to it. Um, well, let's just say it this way. Uh, the same people that can um, find a common ground with Ram... I'm sure I can find a common ground with a Zionist government. Apparently, uh, well, no, no, I'm sure they could, but I'm not sure they wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, the hate for Bibi is is, about, is right stronger uh, than anything. Right, and again, the, we can light up Tel Aviv with the power of that hate. Right, and again, I had a lot of criticism for his administration, especially uh, fighting terror. Mm-hmm. But when you lose a sight of your core values, yeah, you get lost, and that's what I wanted to remind him. Um, so yeah, you know, he didn't respond. Not to this one. No, he did. He did respond to you many of the ones before. Blue. But <laughs> yes. Did you see blue? Uh. Yes. <laughs> he definitely saw my my messages. Um, as well as Ayala Chaked that Matt. I wasn't in Israel. I. I live in between here and Cincinnati. Um, and I had a chocolate, wet, met with a bunch of my friends and promised them how much he can. She's not going to do it. And she does everything she can to to find a solution. And obviously, that was a lie as well. Um, so yeah, if you have any recommendations who to vote for us for the next time. I think you should run. You don't uh, have a choice. But uh, <laughs> we shall see. Uh in two minutes, yes. tell us about your research. My research. Um, well, so I'm, I'm a medical doctor and I also do a PhD. So it's a, it's a dual doctorate program. 
Uh, I research genetic of preterm birth in Cincinnati's Children's Hospital. Uh, we have the leading lab uh, researching it. So basically what I was trying to do is to find the genes that will cause spontaneous preterm birth, which is about 40% of all preterm birth. And I'll just say that this is the number one cause of child mortality and morbidity in the world. So over 1 million kids uh, die every year in the world from um, from being burned premature. Um, so I found a gene that I then proved the cause. I found a gene with um, uh, researching um, big data in women. Um, and then I proved that it causes preterm birth in mice as well. Um, and right now I'm working on, and then we, we got a big grant uh, and the support of the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Award, uh, which is probably the biggest or one of the biggest awards you can get. Um, and now I'm looking into therapies. So To find a cure for yeah, the bad gene. To, to be able to recognize um, uh, in advance who are the women that are likely to, to go into uh, labor early mm -hmm. and then hopefully to prevent it. Um, and again, we're talking about preemies. Uh, so besides the one million preemies who die every year, uh, we're talking about a lot of morbidity um, uh, among kids that will stay with them for the rest of their lives. Um, we're talking about very high cost to the families and to the countries. And we're also talking about something that in high income countries, uh, we, can, we can treat and we can have the facilities, but in other countries, you can't treat those kids. Right. So hopefully, um, if we'll find a way to uh, diagnose it in advance um, and treat it in advance, it will hopefully bring a lot of good to the world. Does the lab still accept donations or you don't? What do you mean? I, I don't know if someone wants to support, to help. Um, is there a... Uh, no, actually we 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 have... You're good. We're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're good. Okay. Um, you're on social media? Yes, How can people... You can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Facebook, mm -hmm. um, or Taltamam, and yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming in the rain. It's very <laughs> stormy outside. Uh, really, thank you. It was very inspiring. Thank and you. I think thank you uh, for having me. your uncle would have been proud. Thank you. Before we go, yeah. uh, we are sponsored by Arutz Sheva. Check them out at israelnationalnews.com for amazing content in English about Israel. Also, the Australian Jewish News. Check them out at ajn.timesofisrael.com for the Australian angle of the Jewish News. Last but not least, we also accept donations uh, because Bill Gates still didn't <laughs> fund us, not yet. But so go to 2njb.com slash donate and help us out if you like what we do. And that is it. Ah, also we have mugs, guys. Does it taste better drinking Delicious. BDS tears? Yes. Yeah. Guys, go to 2njb.com slash merch and get yourself a mug. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye.